Barber Call Success, brought to you by Craig Charles of Crown Cuts Academy, JC, Crown Cuts Academy, Bristol, Virginia, and now Proficient Nail Academy in downtown Johnson City. Spreading love is the Tri-City way, but hold up. Spreading love, the only way is through the Crown Cuts way. Today we got a banging episode. We took a, a week off, but guess what? I'm going to introduce my co-host, Miami Vice. We got Tubbs and... What's up, guys? I ain't even watching. <laughs> For my time. Uh, but you got Jay over here. And Duh. Vice Swag. But anyway, it's Jordan Bar for Bristol, Tennessee. Jay Bob on Instagram. That looks comfortable. It's it close. Very comfortable. Uh, am I Fields? Am I your barber? Marion, Virginia. Yes, sir. And my guy himself, we got a special guest coming in from all the way from introduce yourself and tell him where you're from, my guy. Hi, everybody doing? My name is Jonathan Romero. I'm a man of many nicknames, so y'all can just call me Jonathan. Um, I am from Prince George's County, Maryland, in the um, D.C. area. Uh, I spent all my life in Maryland, all the way from um, PG and D.C., all the way to Baltimore and back. But guess what? Once you're a barber, you're a barber. And barbers connect, and that's what this show is about, connecting barbers from across the country, across the, across the world, and across the state. Today, we're going to just continue our series and just talk about barber stories. And I think it's interesting because a lot of people, they always hit me up like, man, how can I, how, how, how? Always asking questions about these barber stories because it's interesting when you start hearing people's stories and they start talking about how they started, how they connected, how they got into this wonderful industry. And this industry is so great. And I have two of my good friends here on this, one of my best friends, two of my good friends on this episode with me as my co-host and what do you guys think man, about this just just think about the barber overall i mean it just keeps taking me places up that I, I i would even imagine like just being here cutting hairs nothing if you'd ask me at 18 and say yeah Yo, you're gonna be a barber i'm like Psh, you're tripping. right i'm gonna go i'm gonna go be an astronaut or something you know but now now to see where i'm at it's like everything it's just it's just it's just icing on the cake because yeah. I never expected this for myself. You could have been anything. You could have been a hot and cold water engineer. Yeah, I could have been. You know what that could is? have been an underwater welder. No, a hot and cold water <laughs> engineer. Hot and cold engineer. I ain't never heard of that. I know. And I, one one time, a quick joke. My homie was. Um, he was talking about. He was describing his job, right? And he said he was a hot and cold water engineer. And my other guy said, "Well, you just a dishwasher." <laughs> you gotta put it. You gotta put it. It's how you say it, right? Yeah. It's not what it is. It's how, how you say, say it, it, but it just sounds so good. I'm like, yeah, that sounds. Yeah, you man, you you you're professional. You're a hot and cold water engineer. That's what you're doing. I'm the sanitation manager of a restaurant. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's good as long as you got a job. Yeah, I mean, but again, it's all about having some type of something that makes you happy. And for us, it's barbering. Barbering makes us happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm blessed, man. Still, I still haven't even rep everything that this this industry can uh, can give. So I'm just now, just now, just now taking off, and I feel like I'm just now just starting to dive in, like for real. I've only been in it for two years, going on three. So I still feel like I got a lot. I got to learn. There's a lot I got to take in. So I'm, when did you graduate, Jordan? What barber school? Yeah, twenty December of twenty twenty. Okay, or is it? December 2020 or 21? It'll be 21. I think it's 21, yeah. You don't know, man. It ain't been what? that long. It ain't been that long. I just say it ain't been. Okay, 21, yeah. It'd be right. 21, 22, 23, yeah. That's about right. That's when you hit your peak. 21. That's what's up. 
But my guy, let me let me let you jump in, man. So um, have you checked any uh, episodes at all, Jay? Uh, not quite. I ain't uh access to any of them yet. Okay, good, good. Well, you, well, you're gonna jump on this one. This is gonna be your first one. You're gonna have to look back at this one and see what you think. But introduce it. Just, just talk about. It. So, how to, talk about how we met and how the connection just instantly came on. Because once you're I, a barber and you see a barber, you just automatically just click, and we've just been vibing ever since. Yeah. So we black, we met at the uh, Black Wall Street Festival that was going on in um, East North Carolina and uh, Asheville, Western North Carolina. Oh, West North Carolina. My bad. Yeah, Western North Carolina, and um, I, I, I act as the vice president of the Black Wall Street Bowie State University chapter um, organization. So a little, little bit more background, I'm um, currently in graduate school for uh, counseling psychology. And um, while I was at Black Wall Street representing the organization, I was also um, looking to further my, uh, my business that I'm working on as uh, um, basically uh, um, owner of a, of a barbershop. As a, um, so, I have an idea about um, a barbershop as a council center as well. So while I was um, talking about it to one of the uh, hosts there, he said, "Hey, go talk to that guy over there." Now um, he said that he's representing an organization, and the organization he was talking about was Confess Project. And I heard about Confess Project when I started thinking about the idea I had and it was like running into him was just like, you know, um, it's no other way that, that God didn't intercede but that the time and space for to um for us to meet and we just held off from there. No doubt, no doubt. And like I said, but the connection of being a barber when you meet someone who's a barber and you like you have that same vibe and you meet them for the first time, you can just talk. It just been like a joy to your face, like a happiness. Like when you talk about Jordan going to the hair shows and you connected with brothers, or when you talk, am I about just meeting with the people that you've met? I know you could echo the same sentiment about just meeting someone for the first time who's in this industry. It just gives you like a certain high, like, yeah, our industry is valid and we can connect. This is a fraternity that just can go and go forever. And I feel that way about everybody that I meets mean, in the industry. And it's really cool, whether you're new or been at it for, 25, 30 years, that's that natural connection. Like, you know, the struggle investment that goes into it. So you can, you can immediately connect with people. And then, you know, you hear the ideas that he has taken it to the next level, you know, with the psychology and, and the shop and then hopefully charging insurances. So take it to the next, next level. That'd be, that's super cool. So. And, and, and that's the thing why I like bringing people on the show just to talk about the different, the different opportunities that you can connect and, you can bridge the gap with Barbara because instantly when you told me about what you're doing with the clinical psychology side of it and with the confess project with the mental health part, I'm like, man, Barbara has come so much. And a lot of people, when their kids say sometimes I want to be a barber, people kind of frown upon it, be like, man, you just a barber. But we can, we can, we can, we can bridge the gap in so many different ways and find out how the human mind works, how to put people in better situations to help themselves. And it's through the tool of that we have in our hands of cutting hair and just just building a bond and vibing. And I know you talked about, you, you've done some research papers on this whole situation about the communities and the barbering and why it's so important for people to connect with people. And I want you to start there and talk about that, Jay. Uh, barbershops is, is, is an institution. It's uh, a place where people gather and then congregate and you talk. 
Um, one of the things that I'm looking into is how um, people and um, how we mirror um, basically um, primates when they do bonding. They bond through grooming. That's what they do. They sit around, they groom, they pick each other's hair and things like that. And that's how they um, they they do their kinship and things like that out of um, any way. So I, I'm, I'm looking to see how that relates to us and how will we get together in these um in these, in these social areas and settings, how those positive things, um, you know, re- reflect how how necessary barbershops and barbering is, and then adding on the mental health component with that, with um, us as uh, black men not being able to even receive as much uh, mental health mental health um, attention. You know, I learned that four um, percent of psychologists around the world is black and even less are men. So um, there's a disparity in regards to how much um, attention we get when it comes to um, emotions and, and conflict resolution and things like that. But we in the Bob shop and things like that, that's one of the things kind of, it kind of comes with the environment where um, basically men sit around and, 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 and they share those wisdoms and, and um, sharing how to um, navigate situations and stuff, usually in, in a in a healthy way. So that's kind of um, where I'm at with it. With um, looking to my research and seeing how I can make this uh, great institution as the barbershop something that um, helps not only build but repair our, our communities everywhere. And, and that's and that's valuable because for for a long time we've been given so much help in our community. We didn't realize we was helping our community, but now on a scientific level, we know what we really given help to and who really needs to help more. That's just a game changer. I had a I had an image in my head of, some, of me shaving an afro and eating, picking something out of the head, eat it. Like apes used to do, apes would be doing that. For some reason, that image jumped in my head when I thought about it. Just like, I would eat that. <laughs> I mean, but, but that's, yeah, but you're right though. You're eating information and someone else is, Regurgitating that information, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, and like, that's like what cleaning that about. coat. You know, our hair got that sheen, that that coat, and that that primates do when they sitting around, like like the brothers and, and children, and I guess you know fathers maybe you know as well. You know, but but you take it back to the Bible, how they talk about <sighs> the coat, your hair is that's where your strength, your wisdom come from, all that extra, all that above. So, it has to have some direct correlation with how someone is their hands is directly on top of your head, the crown of your body, the jewel of your body, and then you're cutting their hair. And over time, you don't, you can't help but build a bond. And But now statistics are showing that it's real. Statistics are showing that it's real. So so what are some more of the interesting statistics that you came up with through your research that you found out, Jay? Let me see. Let me look this up. So another, some of my um, research that I had got was from working at the uh, hospital, really. Um, Hospitalizations, a lot of my uh, research is emphasized on um, mood disorders and uh, substance abuse. And um, mood disorders is um, one of the most common mental health reasons for ER visits. So, you know, we deal with people who have uh, attitude issues, don't know how to control their anger, or someone who, who get irritated real quick and things like that, or people who don't know how to uh, deal and cope with things, you know. So um, many people who visit the hospital with uh, mental health disorders are suffering from either mood disorders or uh, with schizophrenia. 
which is another thing that I'm kind of taking interest in, um, but I don't really have too much information on, but these um, these top reasons that people are um, admitted into the emergency room is major depressive, major depressive disorder, um, neurocognitive issues, anxiety, substance-related issues, and schizophrenia spectrum disorders. And um, some of these, I, I, I really strongly feel like some of these, could, um, it's early intervention that could happen within communities and um, places like the barbershop where people talk about, you know, what's going on and how to, um, how to cope. And, you know, those things can be um, just learned through, through um, you know, social, social learning, you know. But, but, but it's interesting because when most people sit in your chair, right, whether they have any type of ailments, any type of anxiety, any type of disorder, for some reason that just kind of calms down because the focus is on their hair. And, it, and then I don't know if the, the sound of the clippers, but typically you have a good dialogue. You have a good transaction between client and customer when they sit down in the, in the chair because I don't know. Well I, well, I know what a hair could make someone feel like and how they, when they get up, their, their whole mindset. And during that hour, hour and 15, 45 to hour and 15 minutes, it seemed like it's just an oasis where people just like come together and bond. I mean, I, I know we can talk about that. What, what, do you, what do you think about that? I can, I can, I can see why. Because um, there's a lot of people, obviously, that come to the barbershop just to express themselves or, you know, tell, like, get, like, what's off their chest. Like, you'd be surprised. Like, somebody, you might be somebody you ain't never cut before. It'd be your first time cutting their hair and they, they dropping the beans on you, like like stuff that you would think that would be personal to them. And it's right. like, dang, they might, they don't want to have, like, have that outlet outside of the barbershop or somebody to talk to. So it's like. That literally just happened to me like the other day, this past week. Never cut this guy's hair before and he just opened up his own business. I've never spoken <laughs> to this dude before. And he just started dropping, dropping it on me. Like first time I cut his hair, he's like, man, I'm so sorry to tell you about all this, blah, blah, blah. But I could tell you had to get it off his chest. You know, and it's really bothering him. It's the first time I ever cut his hair. I also have a young kid that comes into my shop, and I think he's maybe schizophrenic. He's manic, maybe some bipolarism there. And he comes in, man, and he just wants to talk. And as soon as he like, he come in off the street, and I know he's tripping sometimes. And uh, and it's not, it's probably not his fault. Nine times out of ten, it's not his fault. He's just not medicated properly <laughs> or hasn't been diagnosed. And he comes in off the street, and he's like, man, this feels good. Like he'll just stand in shop. He's like, man, this. This, I don't even cut his hair. He just walks in the shop. He's like, man, this feels good. This feels, I feel safe here. So I just try to talk to him, talk him down or whatever, because you don't know what he's going through in his mind, like what he's dealing with. So if he, if he leaves and feels better by himself, then, you know, I'm helping him out. But, but, but think about it. That, that's where the statistic backs up what, how valid we are. Mm -hmm. That's where statistics back up and show that, man. And I, and I hope that all this research that's being done, we can even take this to another level. You know what I mean? We could take this to another level where we could almost give like barbers in because over time of just sitting in that chair, five, ten years, cutting hair, you become equipped with certain skills that and develop certain skills that you don't even know you have. Some soft <laughs> skills. Soft skills are, are very susceptible. Soft skills, those um, you no know, people skills and things like that. You develop a lot of that when you're dealing with people and you're dealing with um, how they look and you're dealing with um, know them just you know kind of like pouring into you you do the, you know you, you get soft skills from from working with a team a group of people um you you you, you grow in the fellowship and things like that you know negotiating and things like that as well you you get a lot from uh barbara and my, my experience over the eight years it really 
it really made me a, a well, a better, well-rounded person than I would have been if I never um, got into it. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and and that skills that people don't realize that you form from being a barber. You know what I mean? And, and you, you could go to school for it. You could be. You could do some research, but. Those skills, I wonder what kind of research that we can do to add to that to show that, hey, we have something special. Barbers are some special people that acquire certain soft skills and certain other skills just from cutting hair and just being having that human interaction that you develop that's just helping people across the your community, across the country, across the world. And just because you said the guy sits down and when he sits down, he, says he feels safe. But he has all his episodes after he leaves the shop. That's not even for a haircut. He just walks in the building. Like I don't even cut the dude's hair. He just he just in just being present in the in the building gives him that peace. So so there's something to say about that. You yeah. know what I mean? That that what we're doing to help people, it's almost like walking into like a um, a planetarium or, or something. You know, what I mean? where people have that just. That you're around the plants, you're around the ocean. You know they say when you when you take your shoes off and you walk in the dirt, you you, you get grounded, or you just touch a tree, or you just go to the ocean and watch so, water. You get grounded. So there's this phenomenon that I study uh, when I was studying uh, behavioral pharmacology called place preference conditioning, where your environment can indeed um, condition how you feel and stuff, especially if you're like on substances and stuff like that. It talks about how um, when people return to certain areas and stuff like that, they get some type of, lack of other terms, uh, feeling. And um, it goes more into um, drug overdosing and things like that. But I think there's a there's, there's a strong relationship between the environment of a barbershop and how um, people um, react and how, how it evokes certain um, you know, thoughts and feelings and such. And, and that's major. And for years, <clears throat> the barbershop ha- has been around, you know what I mean, for years. And and I'm so happy that now we are connecting with the research. And I know um, with the Confess Project has some has done some research with um, Harvard Medical School up in Boston. And just things like that is showing that, hey, we, we are essential. So it's important to understand when you go through this journey of getting your license to become a licensed professional, it, it, it becomes more than just cutting hair. And we sit yeah. all the time, am I? It's more than just a haircut. Yeah, and it's weird to think. I mean, I really sat down and think about it because I really, I worked in the mental health field for probably four years before I transitioned into barbering. So, like, I was just taking the skills I was already using and, and then putting it into cutting hair. And it already, it already became a reflex for me. But on the outside looking in, like, to think about a job where people just come to you and they just sit down. They don't have to, you know, they don't have to be drunk or high or nothing just to come in and just share what they're going through and feel comfortable enough to tell somebody to confine you to say, hey, Jordan, man, you know, this is what's going on. My dad, my mom, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's 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 it's, it's so essential now because COVID really shut people down. We were already very shut down. We're people. living in a, a loneliness epidemic, oh, which yeah. is which is very interesting um, mm-hmm. how it threw off people's um, social connections and uh, sense of belonging. And um, some people, it's people out here who needs to be around people. Some people have that personality. They need to be around three or five, four or five people. We had people who are introverts who was like, thank God I get to be by myself for some time. Yeah, and right. just like, get Which into the barbers, I think. stuff like that. But there's some people who it's not, they necessarily thrive off um, necessarily like a chaotic, you know, environment, but they have to be around 
the ongoings of people. They need to be basically busy or around people. And how that just threw a lot of people off from their their um, their natural like their their habits. We're creatures of habits. So if you knock a person off a habit, especially if it comes to like to something that um regards to um, socializing, which we are so, social creatures, the the um the effects they 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 show for themselves. They're profound. People start you know getting imbalanced in ways, and we don't know you know necessarily handle it. So. Um, I think that that's where uh, Barbara come in again, where it kind of we could we have the potential of kind of balancing people and things out by uh, the conversations we have or the events that we host and the conversations that we um, that we start and we share that leaves the barbershop. So I, I, like Emma, a thought just went through my mind. What if Barbaran get extinct? how it used to be because you know how a lot of people are really wanting to go towards the um the sweets and individualize themselves mm -hmm. if that happens the essence of a barbershop could really be extinct uh, it, you know and, and it's wild to think about because it, you know a lot of people their only social interaction is going to a salon or, or a, a barbershop outside of work and we need that if we was to lose that the quality of life might go down you know especially now after covid post-covid years that we all we got really you know, if, if, if it wasn't for us, people wouldn't meet people, you know, and, and 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 really the Internet really blew up during COVID. You know, social interaction became a like on Facebook or Instagram. It, ch it totally changed the dynamic of life. I'm, I'm a little indifferent about it. I'm a little indifferent about it because I, I don't think that Barbara Sweets is going to eradicate uh, barbershops as we know it. I think people are still going to frequent it, but it's, it's still a amount of people who comes in who don't talk to people, who really don't want to, you know, they want to get their right. hair cut and go, who actually will prefer that privacy and things like that. And maybe able to even pay a premium for people to not, you know what I mean, be on what they face. Well, well when I say um, kind of go extinct, um, I, I, I like the idea of sweets too. I, I, it's it's something about growing with a group. Yeah. In yes. essence, when you by yourself, certain things you can't grow with other people with. Because one of the it can make you socially of, awkward. It can, it, yes. you, you, you can miss you can miss certain nuances. You can get you can get. I mean, I I feel like we that's are. The part of, that's the part I'm talking about. That's the part I'm talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> that that socializing is important. I I I, I think that I, I really think sweets should be more so for people who are like way more experienced mm -hmm. and stuff like that, who are able agree. to have a control or command over their environment. Everybody don't have that. Right. And, and, and I was thinking about that the other day, too. I mean, again, I'm not against sweets. I am for it because I think to be in a suite, you have to probably work around other barbers for four, three to four or five years. And then if it's for you, you individualize, you know how to carry a conversation, how to be able to reach people and connect. Yes. How to fix a haircut in case you mess up because you're in there by yourself. You, you're flying the plane by yourself. Right. Exactly. Because I remember one time just being in a barbershop working with other barbers, um, I learned so much by watching other barbers' techniques. And I learned from them some of the things I couldn't get done. And I'm like, you know what? How did he get this length right here? And he's like, he just started with the one guard. Little simple things like that you can just pick up from across the room that <clears throat> you might be sitting there by yourself doing for a long time. You could not get this haircut or the hair to lay the way you want it. 
But and here's another, another one. Here's, I, I, I don't always like to like refer and compare us to like necessarily primates, but it's called it's this thing called the hundred monkey theory, right? Where they had um, conducted an experiment where they had uh, monkeys on two different islands with um, with coconuts. And they they had these coconuts deliberately pinned to the sand. And they had to figure out how they were going to eat and stuff like that. So, as I'm trying to remember everything, um, the way it happened, they took some of these uh, coconuts. Actually, no, they didn't. I forgot how it went. I'm trying to remember everything, how it went. But they had these coconuts that was in the sand. And the, the monkeys, they went into the uh, water and stopped washing the coconuts. So one started doing it, another one started doing it, and that, it became a thing. Some social learning. They learned from each other about how to do something, and now there's a new habit, a new technique. Right. And they saw that was happening on another island. I think that's how it went. It was right. kind of like an accidentally unrelated thing, how we pick up things, and then it just, like, it, it, it travels, like, like slang, like um, like certain words, certain styles and stuff like that. And it used to be, and I remember this, it used to be regions where certain styles only travel so far. Right. And the, a person would leave and go somewhere else. Now that style comes from here to a whole other place. Like going from New York, North Carolina, or North Carolina, California, stuff like that, and, and how we adopt certain things. and travel. Yeah. The, so. Have you Jordan, Miami to Tennessee? Got some Miami swag on. I, I, I picked up, like, the way I dress is kind of like how people in California dress. So I like I like the way that people in California dress. So I feel like everybody looks at me different. So I, I, think styles, like I think styles, just like ideas, just like social cues and stuff, they travel in a way where we don't readily understand. But that is why it's important that we do have these institutions like Barber and stuff like that so they could – no, they, they, they need a medium and things like that. I think barber's the perfect medium for people to learn whether it's um, barber skills, social skills, um, things about uh, just being a, a better person, not just a, a man, but a woman, or, or you know, learn from older people and stuff like that. It's a lot that um, there's so many benefits. I'm still thinking about that that even come from. You know, and why just, I'm proud of all this research that's being done. Um, and all these analytics and statistics and facts and data about industry, <coughs> excuse me, why I'm so proud is because all that is just going to solidify and put a magnif- magnify our industry and solidify what we know as a career once we're in it. And I think sometimes one of the questions people always ask before they even get into the industry or just like a vague conversation. It's like, do barbers make money? And when you tell them the, the, the bread that you're making and the sound that you have, it, it almost like throws people for a loop. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why they think barbers be broke, man. Like when I was young, I'm going to tell you, I was young. My first job was at a barber shop, I was like 13, 14. The only reason I made me really go in there because everybody was fresh. Now, I saw the, the, the money that they had. I didn't quite understand the, the struggle it took to get there. But I I always had hustler and barber synonymous with each other. I don't get how people don't think barbers be having I just don't get it. Now, I had a guy come in the other day, and I cut his hair, and he asked me how much I made, which is fine. I don't care to share with people. And I told him, he's like, oh. And it was, you know, and I guess people just don't think. Uh, he said, he did. That's how, that's the reaction. I'm not, I'm not in front. He was like, oh. Black Rob. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, oh. It was just was so cat. But, you know, and, and, and I think it kind of tore him up a little bit. But he made his appointment right after that. So I ain't complaining. And, uh, but what, back to sweets, though. 
I just thought about it. I'm technically in a suite because right now I own a shop, but I don't have any employees yet. Right. So technically I'm in a suite. And one thing that being in a suite, the, the, one of the pros of being in a suite is I have learned to speak to people better. Right. Because if you ain't speaking to them, ain't nobody saying nothing. Because sure. they're <laughs> just sitting there in silence. But the, the, but there's also a negative to that because uh, when you have a barber shop with multiple people in it, sometimes you ain't got to say nothing. Sometimes somebody else is speaking and you can li- and you can just kind of focus on what you're doing. And that feels good sometimes. It's eavesdropping. Yeah. And that's why I was glad that I started out going from a school to a barbershop because I was really bad at not being like being able to start conversations. But being in, that, in the barbershop for those two years kind of helped me develop into creating conversations. So now that I'm about to be in a suite, I can feel more comfortable starting starting conversations. So so that's I have to because y'all just yeah. be sitting there with crickets going. <laughs> but, but that's but that's a that's a that's a, that's, a, um, that's a gem right there. That's a that's an earn the crown moment right there because <clears throat> a lot of people, students, and again this podcast is for students in school to kind of elevate your thinking and your thought process. A lot of students in school they struggle and not practice and don't practice how to have a dialogue with clients. And that's one of the key things you have to be able to com- communication is the first in the first three chapters, and it's in the first three chapters of the textbook for a reason. I think I think there's a few things that um, causes barbers to have the repetition that they have. I think one of the things is I think people's experience with the struggling barber. The barber who's first coming up, and they, they see probably the, the barber in the first chair. They probably have a cousin the first chair. started barber, and they're like, hey, yo, you got to get it together, B. Rick, dude, you only count four heads a week. Come on, yo. Like, people have probably had that experience with the person who just started, or they, they seen they start, and they kind of suck, and they're just like, ooh, I don't know. You but, know? But, but there's, a, there's, a, there's a direct correlation with that first chair and the people who struggle. And as instructors, we see it. We, we, and because there's the direct correlation with the students who come out and they don't struggle. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, the ones that are going to be successful and the ones that aren't going to be successful early on, at least early on. Not to say people can't turn no, around. No, no, you turn it around. You can turn it around. Yeah. I mean, it, and then being around, you know, brothers in the shop, that's one thing about, you know, you shouldn't go from school. I don't think you should go from school to suite. That shouldn't happen because right. there's school so much you need to learn. No, no way. Not, not, I don't think you should do that at all. Because you need one, people around you. Yeah. To, 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 to kind of hold you accountable, to correct your mistakes, so you can ask questions, someone to mentor you, someone to kind of treat you the way of, of, a, of a master barber, how to be a master barber. Or even if they don't do any of that for you, you at least have a visual representation of what you need to be doing because you can tell think- who's doing it. I think barbers, just like when you go, so I'm, like I said, I'm under my master's in counseling psychology. One of the things I'm learning is that I have to get continued education hours. Right. And I think there's some barbers out here who need some continued education hours. So <laughs> I'm being one of the ones who did need it. Continued so, education hours is important. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a must. It's a must. That's something that you have to do. Let me because, try to adjust my life real quick. No, you're good. That's something that you have to do. You should do. I mean, and you have that textbook for a reason. And if you have that textbook and you're not going into that textbook and following up and where you're having a problem and not trying to go back and see how to fix it, I mean, everything is in that textbook. Everything is in that book. Yes. (laughs) Everything's in the textbook to help you be successful. Some states require continued education with a license. I think North Carolina you have to, right? You have to have. So many hours of continuing education just to hold a license. Yeah, and and then you um, you, you know what I'm saying you you want to hold your, yourself accountable. You want to get better. You want to get a raise. You want to do certain things, but and and 
if you're not careful, that first chair stigma can last on you for a long time. You know what I mean? So if you if you plan to if you if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So you be that barber in that first chair. People come and be like, man, what you what's going on with you, dude? There's there's another thing they have to consider too that uh, people's personality type. Some people um, want or urge to be independent. Um, mm-hmm. Some people who come in overconfident and things like that. And um, it, it, it's those things like that I kind of do make and break a barber. Um, I, I had it where um, I, how can I say it? I really didn't, um, it's not that I didn't like being corrected, but I didn't like it where um, someone felt like they had to step in. It depends know? on how they did it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you would, if you was like, pull me to the side after the cut, but if you're during the cut, like, yo, there's a line in your cut. Like, come on, man. Like, that's <laughs> not yeah, how you like, it's embarrassing. It's, it's, yeah. it's, like, it's, like, it's like you're trying to go talk to a girl. And your friend, your friend, like at the end, like yeah, like, <laughs> you know, all that. Yeah, yeah fall back. It's, fall how, back. it's how you do it. I'm like, yeah, it's how it's how you do it. Because right. nobody, I, I look at it like this at, at this point in my life. Nobody is beyond reproach. Yeah. Everybody could stand to improve in one way or another. Especially if, if you if you coming in, you knew. It also take um, getting to know people at the same time too um, to actually know how to approach people because sometimes. People could try their best to come at you the best way they can. And another person is not like, receptive. Yo, get on my face. Right. You know? That's, that's another thing, too. Like, if you're a new barber, like, if I bring a client, and one thing that used to irk me was, like, I bring a client in, and I know this person is a very reserved person, and then other barbers would try to crack on them. I'm like, this dude just got here. Like, y'all don't know anything about him. You can't just be talking to him how you want to talk to him. That was that was one thing that used to get on my nerves. Like, So, so saying that, knowing what we're saying and saying that, how do we get students to prepare better when they first start? What are something? What are, what are things that they need to look after? What what is going to help them better themselves to be in a better position when they leave school? Make them greet everybody that comes to the door. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're a new barber, yeah. They, we 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 need we need social skills at a high degree because we deal with the public, and um, we deal with each other at the same time too. So we have to learn how to um, group dynamics, things like that, um, customer service and stuff like that, professionalism. Everybody sleep on professionalism. It's very important to know how to um, talk and address um, please, thank you, and things like that. A lot of people, they kind of, you know, especially if you're from the hood, you know what I mean? You just like $35. All right, yo. I I saw the statistic the other day, and it says very few people come to the barbershop wanting that everything on point, edgy, straight, and who just a, who just a stickler with the haircut, who just look in the mirror a million times and try to adjust it to make the hairline or the haircut straight. After a while, very few people come for that. People come- I hear so, <laughs> you know, I hear so many people, t- like I hear so many times people just say, you know, like sometimes they just say, yeah, and just leave. They like, like it's heavily disrespectful and it's like, I you ain't like you could have just, but people don't always come for that though. Right, so. they just come, they come for the conversation. They come for the vibe. They come to feel comfortable. They come to be have a good conversation. They come to have like a, an opportunity just to connect and be respected. They 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 come for they come for the perception that when they set the appointment that they're gonna be on time. You're gonna be on time, and they want to just come in and leave in a in a timely fashion. And have a, just a normal business transaction, and just say, "Hey, thank you." 
I, you know what I mean? So most people just want that normal transaction. They just want to connect on a communication level and also just sometimes just to let the hair down and just to hear another good conversation. Because I'm going to tell you, as a, as a person, when I first started, I, I, I noticed people would stick with you. I'm, I'm saying this for new barbers. Like, people will stick with you even if they know you're not the best just for the experience, just to they'll stick with you even though they cut, they know they cut suck. No. That's why my clients with me. No, <laughs> I said that's what I was saying. Like, uh, like you when fire. I was in, you fire him. You I'm just doing, yeah, you, and I was fire. <laughs> and he knows he's fire. Uh, that's what I was saying when I was in barber school. I had that, that, um, that feeling that I always wanted to have the most perfect haircut every single time, instead of really trying to develop my people skills. Which I, I don't think that's really my fault. I think that's from me watching too much Instagram. Mm, it's another gem. So. Me, I'm over here scrolling on Instagram. I'm like, man, I want my blends to look like that. But they ain't showing all the other stuff that they probably are lacking or they, that they are doing. So in my mind, I'm like, in order for me to be like that, I got to have a perfect fade. Or in order to be like him, I got to have a perfect fade. Or like my 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 tops, my shears got to be like that. And I, I really didn't understand that until after I graduated and got into a shop that most people really don't don't care about the the blurry fade. Which I mean, I'm I'm they just want, they I'm want just a decent haircut. They want a good yeah, haircut. Yeah, I mean, they, but, don't, they I mean, don't care how new your technology is. You can be yeah. yourself from 10, 15 years ago. Does yeah. it work? That's all they care about. Yeah, but I just I'm just a perfectionist. I just want everything to be perfect. That's just me. I want to be a perfect barber. I want to be nice at fading. I want to be nice at everything. But it's just I guess this is how you want to be but portrayed that, yourself. Is that more like so like an individual thing? Like so people can say me, me, me. Or is that like a competitive edge? Where I think it's a competitive edge. I like being competitive. I, that's just me. That's for me, at least. The, the the other the other side of what you said was interesting. You talking about comparison on social media. There are studies that uh, social comparison. There's a, there's a, a negative correlation between something, and, um, social comparison with, with the uh, with social media. Something something else. I can't. I, I can't. Mean, uh, it's kind of similar I mean, to what they've been saying, like with the, the how women view themselves, because they would see the the people, the women, the supermodels, are, you know, size zero. Great point. And they think great I have point. to, you know, great I point. have to be that look like that to be beautiful. It's the same comparison as far great, as with barbering. If my haircuts point. don't look like that, then I'm not I'm not a good barber. If my haircuts don't look like that, I'm not, it's the same same comparison. Great point. And I'm not going to make no money. I'm not going to be able to get the likes on on Facebook. I'm not going to be able to get the likes on Instagram. And nobody's going to look at my stuff and, and give me credit. And realistically, what what you what what builds you up, what gives you the credit, is putting into your community, connecting with people, having great communication skills with people, being professional. What, what is your life skills like? How 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 do you treat? How are your dialogues with your friends and family? How much are you pouring into your community? People look at those things more than than that straight lineup. Yeah, I made a post the other day on my Instagram, and I said, I, you know, I, I put haircuts out on Instagram. I, I like to make content because I enjoy it. But I, I very rarely have people come in and say, yo, I seen your Instagram. It was the best haircut I've ever seen in my life. I want that When I saw that picture, that's why I came here. No, it's usually because I've, I've met people, and people have told them about me or, word I've, or yeah, word of mouth or I've done community events and people have booked for me through the community. Very rarely do I have people come in. It's like, yo, you have the dopest haircuts on Instagram. You know, it doesn't happen to me. How, how, how are you influencing the people behind? What are you doing? I, I can't hear you too much, Craig. What are you doing to influence yeah. people um, behind you? 
What are you doing to socially impact your community? What are you doing to socially impact the trade? How much do you love your trade? Is it a passion? Where is your desire? And when people see those things come together, um, I read this quote one time, when passion and your career comes together, you create a masterpiece. I feel the same way about that. Is this your passion? Are you passionate about what you're doing? Do you love what you're doing so much that you want to connect with people and show people, no, this is, I am proud of what I'm doing. I love my job and I can talk about it and be happy about it all day. It makes me happy. It makes my clients happy and it makes my family and my friends happy. Where, where is your desire? And I think those two words are key words that barbers need to understand. What is your passion and what do you desire? And I think that's what keep people coming back to be a barber. If your passion or desire not there, I, I, I've seen a lot of people um, leave barbering alone. I don't think their passion was there or they had they had the grit to stick it out and things like that. The desire wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we all we all talk about what you put in is what you're going to get out. But if you if you put in something out and you don't, you're not passionate about it, why should someone be passionate about paying you for a service that you're not passionate about? If you don't have no desire with it, why should someone be desirable and come and sit in your chair if you're not showing a desire about your profession? That's kind of the same thing. That you, the, the the description they use for Christianity is lukewarm Christian. So you're a lukewarm barber. You know, you you either hot or you cold. If you're not hot, you you cold. Get out. You know, you don't want to be in the middle. Right. Nobody wants somebody in the middle. A sometimey right. barber. Yeah, sometime part time. I can have a client come in and we'll have a conversation and they'll ask me to be like, "Why'd you become a barber?" By the time of that end of that conversation, I have them want to become a barber. But that's real. Yeah, that's that's for real. That's that's because I have so much love for it, and I, like I can, they can just feel the passion off of me when I speak about it. Like a, they can just feel it. Like a lot, it's it's a, it's a presence. It's a feeling you can feel when somebody loves something, or is passionate about something. But but even like when when all three of us talk, and we're like, man, I miss coming to the podcast, and we coming to the podcast for one common goal. It's to talk about barbering and what we love. But if we miss a day, if we miss, we, we just, it's something in me, especially me, it's something in me that's like, man, I, I miss that moment. I miss just that that hour right there. It's great. And what well, and, and I don't say, and, and rightfully so, you know, uh, thank the prayers for Mitch and his family. But, you know, we missed we miss a day last week. I feel like it's been a month since we've been here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's been a while. So, like, I, was, I had to make some time to do for that hour. Uh, but just also just like, man, I get to see MI. I get to see Jordan. And I'm like, that's my moment during the week. I know I'm, I'm going to see those brothers every week for sure. Because they every say week. the people you – Go ahead. No, I say the people you work with become your family. You spend you spend one-third of your day with these people. You know, when you're at the barbershop, you're spending, you know, uh, 10 to 6 or, or 9 to 5 or whatever with the, with the same people every day you know y'all eating with each other y'all y'all having you know casual conversations with each other y'all helping each other you know the people you 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 be around with for like that much time that that's your you know home away from home so so jay what what inspired you to become a barber because you were you a barber before you went to college or or you started doing this research or which one came first and what inspired you to do that uh, barbering came first. I, um, so in my uh, hometown, District Heights, Fallsville, we had the um, the, the uh, barber shop in the um, in the mall. Shout them out! You remember like, those guys' names in there? Shout them out! Yeah, um, 
Fish, Mike, other Mike, uh, Rob, <laughs> other Mike, <laughs> uh, uh, Dre. Um, who else am I missing? Key. Who's um, who else am I missing? Um, uh, Bernard, Miss Katrina. I remember almost everybody. I was like 13, 14. I started working there. I just what's came the name, in. What's the name of the shop? Uh, Cuts Unlimited, Fallsville, Maryland. That's big. Shout out yeah, to Yeah, so I, I was like 13. I was just looking for a job. I was looking for something. I was looking to get into something. And uh, I used to go up there like every week. I used to get that. I was, I was actually getting my hair cut there since I was like six or seven years old. Right. And um, they kept, oh yeah, um, Gary. Um, who else? Um, That's like a 15 man shop. That's a, that was a big shop. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was a rather big shop. It was like nine, ten chairs in there. But I, was, I used to get my hair cut there, so I was like seven or eight, and um, and I was like thirteen, fourteen. I knew how to start getting money or something. Else. I was, I'd be getting some trouble or something. I was already going to school, all this other stuff going on. I was around that age where I was starting to you know. If I would have took you know made two bad decisions, I would have been not where I'm at today. Right. So I went up there. I'm like, hey, can I get a job? I'm wondering if I can work. Blah blah. blah. I, I saw the kids up there, you know, getting the money stuff like that, making making. You know, making good money. And before even that, I was just eyeing it like, yo, you know, I'm looking at how they dress. You know what I mean? I'm looking at when girls coming in, bringing them plates and stuff like that. I'm looking at their lifestyle. I'm looking at, I'm looking at so much. I'm like, you said, how do I get a part place. of this? <laughs> so that was my first job. I worked there for like two years. Um, I didn't, I didn't touch one clipper. I just was like an apprentice. I used to come in after school, four or five o'clock. I used to uh, clean the first people who leave. I used to clean their blades, um, you know, do they, um, the mirrors. Do, they um, do they mirrors and everything. I used to do that to the clothes and stuff like that. And Just real happy about what you're doing. Yeah, I took pride in what I was doing. My 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 uh the, the shop owner made sure that every time I did it, I did it better. Sometimes it wasn't that necessarily she was hollering, but I thought I was always doing a good job, and she always pushed me to do better. But that also... It, it made me want to step up my um, my quality of work and stuff like that. But I um, I went from there. I wanted to be uh, um, I wanted to go into the apprentice. Um, the, there was a, a trade school. I went to uh, Suitland High School in uh, Suitland, Maryland, and uh, they had uh, what's called VoTech, vocational tech uh, technology class, and they had all other type of stuff: cosmetology, barber, and carpentry, all this other stuff. And I wanted to be a barber, but my grades suck. So mm-hmm. I just held on to my my uh, what I wanted to do. Um, I tried to figure out what I wanted to do when I was a senior in 2010. I uh, started taking AP Psychology. So I went from doing um, AP Psychology. That's the only thing I could do. Went to school for a year. Everything got messed up. It wasn't until 2015-ish. I wasn't doing anything in my life. I was working at Ruby Tuesdays, making like $100 a week. It was bad. <laughs> so my brother, he um, he was trying to figure out some things in his life too. I'm the youngest of four, and uh, my brother was trying to figure things out. He went to what's called a place called uh, Fordis College, where they teach people um, medical stuff and everything. But he was like, "Yo, I came from um, looking at this um, this barbering school out um, out New Carrollton. Go check it out." So I'm not doing anything in my life, so I'm like, "Why not?" It's like that was the one other option that I really was feeling. And when I went up there, because I was in school, I didn't. Before then, I was in school. I had um, um, college debt that I didn't really know how to handle. And they was like, hey, "Look, what we could do. We could consolidate your loans. So you can start tonight." <laughs> so later that night, I started class, <laughs> and I did my nine months. I did. I think I did. I did like fifteen hundred hours. I did them straight. 
every day. I wasn't doing anything else. I uh, was trying to get money. Uh, long story short, someone was like, hey, man, you get your money in here. Why are you doing this now? The third, tried it, didn't work. People got caught up, should have kept the job. And um, I did my nine months. And all I did between, I think, 2000, I graduated May or June 2014. I went to go get my license, got my license the first time, thank God. And uh, I've been cutting hair ever since 2014. Uh, what was it, 2015? I think 2015. So I've been, I've been cutting hair for eight years uh, straight. Um, I didn't get a, 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 a W-2 paying job again to about 2018, 19 when I was in the college. And I realized, hey, yo, I got I got I got on my feet somewhere. I was kind of all through college through 2017, all the way up to uh, the pandemic. And um, I just kept, I always kept my license renewed. I um, always kept my clippers with me and stuff like that. So that's that's just, you know, what so I'm So how did the right connection now. come in and you knew, like, I'm going to put barbering and psychology together? How did that connection come in? Here's where it came in. So um, 2017, I, I was able to um, get into the illustrious Moore State University in Bowie State. I said Bowie State. Yeah. In Baltimore, Maryland. I'm at I'm at Bowie State right now. But I, I started at uh Morgan State University and um I think it was my second or third semester they had an essay contest. And it was like, what do you wanna do when you leave um leave college? So I'm like, shit, I don't know. So I was already cutting hair and I was looking into the history of uh of Barbara and stuff like that. I actually already knew it. But um they was talking about barber surgeons and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. They was giving the history about what they was doing and stuff like that. And I was kind of just, you know, Intrigued. messing around with the idea. And um, I was just doing some research about how um, some barbers, uh, barbershops were bringing in, like, um, um, learning about blood pressure and stuff like that. And um, doing, doing um, um, cardiovascular health and stuff like that. So I'm like, why not? Mental health. So the idea just came to me. Um, I sent you the uh, the paper. That's why right. I started writing about how um, I was I was already doing barbering and how I'm do um, mental health. And the idea just it just it just it just meshed so good together. And um, I just kept running with it since what I, I came up with the idea in 2018. I, um, I made my business plan. I, I'm doing everything working with the uh, FBDC up at Bowie State. I was working with FBDC while I was at uh, Morgan State and stuff like that, just incubating and coming up with this idea about how to make it work and how to make it feasible. So that's where I'm at now. Um, after I get my master's, I want to. Um, by the time I get my master's, I want to at least have my shop open because I know I don't, I'm not going to have my um, my license so soon. But I got I got the idea already and stuff like that. I just just it came from a scholarship, and I actually won the the uh, scholarship contest from that essay. Okay, how, so, how old were you when when you went to college? When you went back to school? I went back at twenty four. Twenty four years old. I think I'm twenty four, twenty five. How old are you now? You might be asking. Right now, I'm thirty. Thirty. Awesome. Yeah. Was that was was it scary going back to school? Twenty four years old. Was that nah? It was easy, easy decision. It, it, it was it was it was difficult because my my peer group was already gone. When I came, I came there. It was only one dude I knew from high school who was still there who was leaving. So it was kind of different going there with kids. Like I'm like I went and took a college tour at Morgan State 
in about 2005, 2004. That was the first college I even laid my eyes on. If I, I don't think if I ever went to that college tour, I would even care about college. I just would have been a hood rat, and that would be that, cut hair, and that's it, or whatever I was doing. But that college tour, shout out to Brother Victorious. Um, he was one of the history teachers who took us to a group. Uh, uh, he took us on the Mellon Parliament group up there. It just changed my whole direction where I was going. But I figured that college, college culture is going to be the same. Like, people didn't knock on doors no more. And it was weird because it was like everybody would text and everything now. And, you know, the, 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 um, the, just the kids were, were different. We were a little bit, you know, different. I was, it was kind of like not necessarily a culture shock, but it was, um, it wasn't necessarily scary. It took some adjustment. It was the first time that I was, um, one of the oldest people in the room. You know, I'm usually, I'm usually being the I'm getting used to that now. Yeah, I'm usually, I'm usually like two, three, four years older than, than people. Now I'm like one, two, three, four years older than people. Everybody looking at me like, hey, what, what should we do? <laughs> but you know the interesting thing that I'm starting to think of? Um, for people who, who are out there who might be losing their touch or their sense of barbering, I think you need to partner it up with something. You know what I mean? Like, like how you found your passion, even barbering and technology. You said barbering and psychology. Once you start doing research and putting and seeing how they intersect with each other, it brings an excitement to you. Um, I know for like, we've talked about it so much time, Emma, you and I, about being burnt out of this industry, but being an instructor, having the podcast to look forward to, being a barber, all those things add add some substance to make you feel good about the industry. Yeah, and it keeps you, keeps you fresh, keeps you want to learn and remind you that you don't know everything. It reminds <laughs> you that you because somebody somebody asks you a question and you realize, hey, I don't know the answer to that question. And that makes you want to go learn it, makes you want to figure it out yourself. So there's a lot you can still grow from. Right. And, and that's important because just infusing something else, just sprinkling something on top of this industry, it just it just lights that that desire fire inside of you to be like, man, this industry is great. It just ignites that passion that you had, that you've always had, of why you want to be in this industry. Because you see how it just intersects in so many different things, and it just propels you to be like, man, I'm proud of this. Like how people talk about having their PhD, or having their master's, or having their, their, their doctoral, whatever, in some type of field. I think that's how barbers need to start talking about our industry. Parent be like this. This is one. This is great. This is this is amazing. And the more we talk about it like that and, and show that there's validation and, and and the income is great, we can change this whole narrative about. <clears throat> excuse me. How barbering is? Are you just a barber? You know what I mean? Because when you pair it up with something, you see the validation in it. Not saying barbers barbering can't stand by itself. I think I think it's because it's, it's a lot about barbering from the outside looking in that like people see where it's like, you know, imagine coming to a barber shop like two o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday or third or like a Wednesday on the off day. You think, oh, they just sitting around doing nothing. They sitting around right. on the phone or it's sitting around doing, doing nothing. You know, I think that that's a misconception because if they knew that there was somewhat of a trend. You know, right. Tuesday, Wednesday is really not busy. After third, between Thursday and Sunday, it's popping. Oh, but you, if you hot, come there on a down hot, day, hot, hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, man. Like people, people. I, I think oftentimes people speak on a lot of things they fully don't have a full understanding about too fast. 
because if they knew that people have their 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 days of when they do get their money, like it's not a, a every day I always get money type thing unless you really like that. And there are people who is, but like but some about, people, they know they they know it they balances out. It balances. I think in all my years of in the shop cutting, it always balanced out. Even like some, you might have a, a gap in between, like a Friday where it's slow, but you know what? That Monday or Tuesday was really it picked up. And then we have seasons. I right. know. Between Valentine's Day and Thanksgiving, it's the best time to be cutting because after Thanksgiving, maybe about Christmas, people won't start thugging them out. Between that time, like we have, we have seasons. We know back to school, we're gonna be busy. Right. You know I mean? So like people, people be on the outside looking in, uh, speaking too quickly on how um, about the you know the economics of a barber or the income of a barber, or saying oh that's all you do, like you know. I, I get it for people who's like, I guess, amateurs are starting out. Is, is and not and I'm not saying you can't just be a barber and just be blessed. You know what I'm saying? But add something else to your resume as well. In any profession. Cause I yeah, everybody any pro- should have more than, yeah. one, more than one professional, more than one, more than one hustle. I got like three or four. No doubt. And even if you just doing something different, not just barbering, you should kind of infuse something else with it to kind of light that passion and have that desire going and burning. Yeah, because nobody, you can't get burnt out if you just solely just secular thinking about just one thing. Nobody should be a one trick pony, and, and the pandemic should tell people that. Like, if you if you're the bartender, which I am at the time um, during the pandemic, I actually uh, had just got my bartender license, just having full backup. But that showed me that you need to have more than one thing. Because that's what saved me during the pandemic, barber. You know, mm-hmm. but also you too, know, just just diversifying yourself in different things it helps you build clientele. Mm-hmm. You can say I'm also a barber, or I'm also whatever I am. Right. It, it helps you build clientele, and that's one specific way to, to for sure to build clientele is opening yourself up to trying different things. Be, before I was a barber, I was a hustler, and not in a negative way. You have to always be able to open up yourself to opportunities, different different ways to make money, and things like that. It just so happened for me the best way I could channel. You know my um my ways of of um, being prosperous is through through barber. It's not only that it's prosperous. I, I feel like there's a level of giving that you do that money can't buy through barber, through talking, through through advocacy, through um, just socializing, just being being a good person to someone who needs it. What, what what's what's some of the biggest challenges that you've seen so far when you tell people that you've connected barbering and your psychology part? What, is it gonna I, work? <laughs> that's all. Like that's all it is, really. Like I've really, I've really overall, I've really got a lot of positive feedback from when I got the idea. But um, it's just that, uh, like people, people. I don't know. I don't think it's not that people don't believe. Sometimes I come up with these ideas that people just don't readily conceive, and they just don't see it to like. Like sometimes I'm a very eccentric thinker. Like I, I, I'm very abstract sometimes. So sometimes people just don't see it until it actually happens. Like oh, <laughs> so that's kind of like the thing that I got with um, the barber thing. But everybody always talk. I've, I've received majority positive feedback on the idea. The, the, the one thing where I'm at now is uh, bringing to fruition, which I'm actively doing. So. Like so, draw a picture for the listeners out there. How this your shop is gonna work with you barbering and the mental health aspect, the psychology aspect. You're gonna infuse with it. Draw so, a yeah. pi- draw a picture of that for the 
for our so I, I, I got a few I got a few diagrams. When it comes to the building, it's like how it is in um, any any type of um, city uh, buildings and stuff. We're going to be the first floor barbershop. Actually, if I could get, let me see. I'm going to actually give y'all a visual if it pops up on here. Because I got building concepts so people can actually see the idea rather than me telling them, like, oh, boo. <laughs> no, well, no. The, well, the thing is, most people listen to our podcast. So they're not going to have a visual. So just talk about it. All right. So, so, so um, I give them a visual I, cue I, I get, by I, you I, just I describing it through your words. Yeah. So first floor, is, I'm on I'm a, a two-unit building. First floor barbershop where all the happenings of barbering, even um, – even cosmetology and stuff going on because men have long hair and stuff too. And they, How many they people working? Braids and stuff going on. Three and barbers, four barbers? Three, I'm thinking about maybe like six. Okay. Maybe like six, possibly like probably two, three beauticians or, or um, lock, lock, um, lock, lock technicians and stuff like that and probably have a partition or something like that. And then um, second floor is going to be probably like three or four offices and stuff like that, like a, like a, a fully fully furnished uh council center in the area where i want to also have um um disability accessibility and stuff like that where it can yeah. have like people who's like handicapped or disabled and stuff be able to go downstairs upstairs because that's a target market that we can't ignore when it comes to barber or mental health for sure you know, people come in their wheelchair stuff like that they need to get their stuff you know done people with um infirmities and stuff like that and also some of those people deal with uh, mental health issues and stuff like that. Well, they need someone to talk to sometimes about PTSD or maybe they have some type of uh, CTE, some type of, um, you know, head injury or something, or just, you know, dealing with life and adjustment and stuff like that. So um, that's the other side of it. And um, what I'm working on is making sure I make it such a way where there's a um, maybe a private interest and stuff like that because everybody don't want to be um, – seen or known to go talk to a counselor, not just because of the um, the stigma, but legitimate privacy. People right. want to go talk in private and, and um, confide in someone and stuff like that about everybody seeing or knowing or even just dapping them up. Not even just people hearing like the whispers and stuff like that. Some people don't care about that, but some people just want to be able to just move in and out. So I'm trying to figure out different ways to have maybe like a, um, a rear entrance or a side entrance or somewhere where people could just, you know, move smoothly through there because even though I wanted to have some type of uh, things run concurrently and stuff like that, I want them to also have a sense of uh, independence at the same time. That's big. So, what do you think, Jordan, when you hear that? That's a that's a good concept. I feel like it's going to... Can you hear that? Okay. Uh, I feel like it's going to help out a lot of people, especially when he said this, uh, putting in, being able to get people that are handicapped and stuff like that. That's, that's really going to help out a lot because I know that, I mean... It's uh, me working at a shop before. It was kind of hard for people to get in, especially where they had wheelchairs and stuff like that. So I thought that's a, that's a dope idea. So you know, yeah, I think I think handicap accessibility is very important. Uh, that's a, I think not a uh, demographic that we ignore, but um, some people who who require a little bit more attention out of all of us. I mean, you are right. I seen this guy opened up a shop. I can't. I don't know where it was, but he opened a shop for kids with sensory needs and I saw and, that too. and disabilities. So I think it's important because that is a, a audience that's really um, not really catered to much. You know what I mean? And there are a lot of parents, and I know we did an episode on that, a podcast about kids with sensory needs, and there are a lot of parents who are just ashamed, which they shouldn't be. Um, to go to the, to get their kids service. I mean, it is important. Everybody wants to be groomed and look. That's part of taking care of yourself. Everyone wants, everyone wants to look groomed. So, yeah. I mean, if we can find more barbers and more places 
that are, that will cater to people with with um, disabilities and sensory needs and just playing out just at a disadvantage. And the the other side of it is that everybody who comes in for a, bob, a haircut don't need to go see counseling. Everybody who comes for counseling don't necessarily need a haircut. Right. But the other other side that I want to work on too is being able to. Um, not, I'm I'm currently working on it right now as well. Is um, making some type of um, kind of therapy out of uh, Barbara, like an actual model, mm-hmm. actual model where a person sits down and you know you know. These moments where it, it, you you know either actively listening or giving feedback and things like that and incorporating right. counseling into the um, into the service and things like that to be able to give a person the quality you know trying to infuse both uh, grooming and stuff like that because you're also um, dealing with the person's self esteem and stuff like that too and um, working on, on different aspects and trying to figure out you know how how to approach that and make it something that could be um, replicated. No. I, I think that's so important and so great because there, there should be something in in the, in the bundle for our communities where we could utilize barbershops more um, because I think that's one aspect that's being underutilized as far as how to integrate and because we offer so much. I mean, we see the mayor, we see the police chief, we see the judge, we see the doctor, the lawyer. We see the carpenter, we see the landscaper, we see everyone in an influx of so many different people coming in there to get a service who who was really comfortable at at expressing themselves and telling you what's on their mind. I think we could, there's something that could be done. I'm just thinking out loud, I'm a thinker like you. There's something that could be done where we could infuse something to show that, hey, the, bar, the barbershop is an intricate part of this community and let's, Utilize it more to push our message. We need to uh, refer to this uh, old adage: "Those who can do." Right. And we should. These people, our, our, our fellow barbers who have these um, great institutions and stuff like that. If you can do, because we need it badly. These these little young, um, uh, you know, these these at risk kids and stuff like that. They need attention. They need they need a form of rites of passage. They need to. Um, be paired up with um, decent men to actually teach them some things that they probably don't know and need that the community need that you know if they don't have time you know these these youngers are, are stepping in and stuff like that they need something to be responsible for and that could be uh, accomplished through um, through utilizing the barbershop as as um, a type of social institution as well. Yeah, um, one of my good friends, um, um, Lorenzo Lewis, who started the Confess Project. He has this thing where he's teaching people how to create um, nonprofit organizations, and I think that's one key thing that a lot of barbers are under underutilizing, creating your own nonprofit to help your community because there's there's grants and funds out there if you strategically do things right to help you with your idea how to channel certain things because I, I feel and I think most barbers have the right idea. But they just need a little bit of help to kind of facilitate and help infuse because most barbers want to give. And a lot of barbers give to their community and give to their surroundings. You but know now, something that the barber uh, barbershop could do for the community? Career counselor. If you take a lot of the people who are uh, unemployed in the community and you you, you pair them up with um, someone who know how to figure out how to help these uh, people in our communities who who 
either need a job or don't know what to do because there's a lot of young kids who don't know what direction they're going and stuff like that. If we was able to uh, bridge that gap and make uh, people in our community more industrious and perhaps independent, you know, with these um, with these type of skills, um, carpentry, plumbing, and stuff like that, that could be um, you know what that, that, that's using uh, our institutions um, to a better degree. Almost like having like a career service center in the barbershop yeah, or in like, the school. You know, even so the job can, board. Yeah. Like utilizing the job board a little bit more for cause kids, kids are looking to get money and stuff like they need like little kids need to get busy or else they'll find some some dumb stuff to do. Trust me, I see it. So, you know, these kids will come in, you know, that, that board could be served as like a word of mouth to be able to get these kids to get involved in something not just recreational but but constructive, or even young adults who you know we we fall in hard times. Things don't go our own way. We need we need um, a platform to um, to exchange opportunities to um, receive and give opportunities. And, and but that's what the barbershop is. What do you mm-hmm. think, Amari? Yeah, I mean, I do it all the time. I actually have brochures for the trade school. People ask me um, for you know, how do I become a barber and, you know, trade school things. I've actually been asked to go speak at their trade school and speak to young students and try to encourage them to, you don't necessarily have to go to college. College is great. If, you know, like Craig says about the NFL, if it's for you, it's for you. College is the same way. If it's for you, it's for you. But there's College other options out there to make everybody, To be honest, that's do just what? what it is. You said it's not for everybody? It's not. It's not. Um, shoot, trades aren't for everybody. People just need to figure out. That's why the career, the career counseling part is is so significant. So people can find out, you know, where, you know how to get in where I feel and how to get this money and still be happy. How to how to be able and to be find, successful too. Exactly, find a job that I, I like that I want to work that's going to pay me money. You know, build a blueprint for your life. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. people just need need that um that um I guess venue is the word that that medium to actually fit you know sort that out. And also to remove the stigma that you can't be successful with a trade. You can very well, you can, you can very much be successful with a trade or whatever you decided to do, certification or going to college. You can be because the bottom line now is just dividends to help yourself and your family. Yeah, and if you get those dividends, <laughs> you got. I mean, yeah, you get we got, cream. We got to eat. You got to eat out here, and and that's a yeah. that's a good analogy. But dividends to kind of help yourself and your family move forward, and 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 that's the that's the that's the and that's the name of the game. What do you think, Jay Bar? Bro, I've been taking in so much. Uh, um, I just think um, I just went mom blank. Uh, come back to me in a second. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. It's all good. I mean, pe- people need help. People need help, and I think in, in, in our role as barbers, we have a unique p- position to influence and help. Yeah, we are, and, and that's what this is for right here. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, we, even, and even if it's not in our industry, we can point people in the right direction to help themselves. Yeah, we, we're not supposed to make everybody in the world barbers. Everybody, no. everybody have their thing, and I think that's just. You no know, studying psychology and stuff like I think that's how human we've always existed as association. We always figure out different ways to help people get to where they have to go, and, um, you know, the, where they need to be. And if us as bars be able to help people go from one place to another, despite you know what we think or or, or um, you know um, to extend 
um, uh, one connected to another and stuff like that. That's how you you um, you build ties and stuff like that. We 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 have the potential to be somewhat of a community middleman. You know, this person does this, this person does that. You go holler at this person, or you know, you know, the person could be in that room right there. You're like, hey, little man, go holler at them, or this the person to do that. But, but that, I, I like I like how you said that. We in a unique place to be the community middleman. I just say we kind of are like the 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 hookup for. I feel like the barbershop is the hookup for if you want to need like need anything. something or like any like I feel like for anything. the community that that's a that's a great way to put it the community middleman. I mean because look look at the stuff that we do on a daily basis, just to influence people and help people, and because uh, I'm I'm just happy to be in this industry. I, I love what I do. I'm passionate about it, and there's a there's a fire that's burning inside of me that just keeps my desire going. And I mean, I love it, and I like it so much. I could just scream. <laughs> I love I'm, this industry. I'm being bobbed to the last day I'm here, man. I don't know if I can ever give it up, man. Even if I went to, went to go do something else, I'm always <laughs> always have my clippers, well oiled, clean, sanitized. <laughs> where, where will a pair of clippers take you? I mean, it's taking me right now in so many different places that I'm like, man. I mean, a guy called me today um, from the news and wanted to sit down and talk about what we're doing with the, in the prison with recidivism. And I'm like, hey, let's do it. So, I mean, this 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 is a wonderful career, and I and I salute every and every barber out there, and every new barber who's coming into this industry. I just salute you guys. Yep, that's how I feel. What you guys think? I mean, I know hey, we've been on it for about a long time. I mean, when we in a good podcast, it can just flow and it can just go forever. So. I so know you had a lot of good ideas. A lot of your what you have going on today. Uh, I think that's a great idea, bro. Um, Thank you. I just keep keep doing what you're doing, man. For real, because I I feel like that's really gonna help your your environment and community out a lot. So yeah, right now I'm only missing the money. Right now I'm um I'm I'm currently like I said I'm, I'm currently working with the SBD uh SBDC to try to get some grants. I'm I'm looking for SBA right now for some grants. I'm looking for investors. I actually um talked to a person who's a, a potential investor the other day. I know um, I need a certain amount of money. I just need to, once, once I start getting the building, I got ideas for the buildings. I got a person who do the real estate and stuff like that. Once I get the building, oh, it's over. I know every, I know everything I need to get. I know, right. I, I have, I have my whole plan. I have my whole idea. Um, right now for me, it's only a matter of time. All right. Mr. Amon, what you thinking? Now, he took my idea, I ain't gonna lie. I just ain't gone to school. You way far ahead of me. I ain't been to school yet, but I, I think especially if you could get get involved with insurances and be able to charge insurance, and you know, what will be a fifty sixty dollar haircut could turn into two three hundred dollar haircut. You know, but it's not coming out of their pocket because the insurance right. would pay for it. Yeah, Long term, that I think that would be an amazing option if you could do that. And that's that's the game changer. That's next level. So yeah, the only my, thing is my about- objective is to make sure the services that I, um, I will be able to provide is affordable as well because everybody don't have it. And I recognize that, you know, yeah. some people, some of the, some people who really need to help too are people who are like, who's, who's not just homeless, but you know, the these, these people walking around the streets, I'm, I'm trying to figure out sort of how, how these people's walking around, who you know home, being homeless is traumatizing. Uh, it's people out here who's who's homeless because of mental health issues and stuff like that. How can we help these people reorient their lives? How do we help them reorient their lives so they could you know be be better to uh, pick themselves back up? Um, 
And that's, if that's what you're passionate about, then you should definitely look into Craig and, and Lorenzo with the nonprofit because they would, you know, companies would bless you and grant you get grants to do those type of things that you wouldn't have to take a have to shoulder a financial burden or help people. They'll give you money to help people. And and that's yeah. probably another option you should look into. Yeah. And then and then we, we looking at and I, I was thinking about this even before this um all this um increase in homelessness and stuff like that, how people lives are spinning out of control and some people just need someone to sit there uh, talk to and, and help build on whatever ideas and kind of send them on their own way. So they, you know, a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people are in transition in their lives and they don't know which way, how to go. They don't have no, no context where they at. And that's how people get lost. And they end up being like, whatever, I'm going to just let go. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it seems like people have been pivoting ever since the pandemic and yeah. some people are just lost. And a lot of people don't know how to how to uh, catch their footing. A lot of people tripping out, falling on their face, falling on but falling on the other people, and then they're like falling out of whatever no direction and stuff like that. Yep, like, yep. Well, Jay, man, I know as all good things. I mean, this was a great podcast. All good things got to come to end because we've been rocking for the past hour and a half. But I'm gonna let these brothers say their last words before we get off, and I'm gonna let you say your last words. Um, what do you think of this podcast, Jay? What you, what's your last words, man? Uh, today was a good podcast, man. It had a lot of good ideas. <clears throat> uh, like I said, uh, he has a great, great uh, thing going on. Uh, I'm, I'm blessings to you. I hope everything goes good for you, and um, it's good meeting you. Uh, hope to have you on here again sometime. Thanks, it's nice to meet you, man. This is very inspirational. You're one of the first people we had on this podcast, and not only Barbara, but to add something more to Barbara. So you are pushing the ceiling to this. You're 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 pushing you're pushing from a different direction. There's a lot of people pushing the ceiling, but you're pushing the ceiling up higher than than anybody can anticipate. And we can only see how far this can go. So you're you're a pioneer. You're a trailblazer. You're you're leading the charge. So we appreciate you coming in here and sharing your perspective. And hopefully, in the next couple of years, you'll be on here telling us how it all worked out and how you're a billionaire. So, <laughs> I mean, for me, I just think that it's important to just partner up with something with your industry. Um, I like how the barber the barber and trade is going. I like how it's transforming. I like how all these all these researchers, um, people are doing research, and that's coming up and, and letting people know, hey, this is yeah, we coming. Like Dion said, we coming, and 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 our luggage is Louis. And just validating what we have. Um, I mean, I can't validate it more than than this podcast and how much I love it and my desire and my passion for this industry just keeps burning. But I mean, I, I appreciate you again. I appreciate connecting. We're gonna keep vibing and we're gonna stay in touch. Like I know we do, we rap, you know, saying a quick here and there, every message every once a week, twice a week, saying, Hey, what's up? And we we gotta continue to stay doing that. Uh, I know you're gonna connect with these brothers right here, Jordan and Am I. Um, but again, what's your last words? My last words, I think, uh, is what I said before. Um, those who can do, I want to say, um, if you can't help someone, do so. If you can help someone, um, you know, take their lives to the next level and things like that, um, you should. That's the only way we want to um, make this world a better place. Um, holding each other up instead of um, holding each other back. Push each other forward instead of, um, you know, keeping people down and stuff like that. I think it's... Um, Real necessary right now with how how things are stuff like that that you know um, like like yeah we just need each other a little bit more than we uh than we think you know, we just have to you know move on that yes sir appreciate you again Jay for coming on this episode and hey again I salute you my brother and we're gonna stay in touch and keep rocking and doing the, keep doing the things that you do because hey it's not being unnoticed and people and, and the community needs you again barbecue success brought to you by. 
Craig Charles of Crown Cuts Academy, JC Johnson City, Tennessee, Bristol, Virginia, um, and now Proficient Nail Academy, downtown Johnson City, Tennessee. Spreading love is a tri-city way. That's one way, but spreading love, the Crown Cuts way is the only way. Again, shout out for Feed Spot for ranking us in the top 25 podcasts in the country um, and Barber Content and top 25 podcasts in the world. I mean, we didn't go unnoticed and we love our fans and our, our, our Barber community. Hey, and if you have some questions, if you have some feedback, always we're always willing and receptive to answer questions. And again, we just keep, keep showing love to the podcast. Like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Tell your mother, tell your father, check us out because we have plenty of content and plenty of information to give to the inspiring barber who's thinking about getting into this industry. Also for the barbers who are in this industry for a while and needs a little bit refresher on things that's going on in this industry. All we want to do is keep spreading love. And that's it. Peace.